Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. On Highways Voices this week, we again look forward to the ITS World Congress in Hamburg. We will show global tenant which explains our software suite, My City, much more in detail and easier to understand for both our own people and of course the city managers who are interested in this. We have over 400 exhibitors that have lined up this year with 135 stands. I think the, the 21st century will be the century of railroad. Why? Because electrified rail transport is a key solution for sustainability and to fight climate change. Getting ready for our first international trip since we started the site in April last year. We'll fly around the event with three guests on this week's Highways Voices. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. This podcast and the daily ones I'll be bringing you from Hamburg are all thanks to the sponsorship of Gevi and Swaco. Click on the links in the blurb to find out more about them. But before we start chatting to Swaco, let's catch up with your friend of mine, Adrian Tatum. Hi, Adrian. What news have you spotted this week? Well, active travel is definitely back on the agenda this week. The Labour Party has urged government to spend more rapidly on it. As it says, any games made during the pandemic could be lost as vehicle traffic numbers return to pre-COVID levels. Labour has called for ministers to rapidly commit to spending the two billion already pledged towards cycling and walking in England in this parliament, while also saying this is not sufficient to properly expand provision. The party says there needs to be a proper plan for cycling. The Department for Transport has told the Daily Mail it will investigate the newspaper's claims of faulty equipment used on smart motorways. The paper based an undercover reporter in the South Mims control room on the motorway network who found the cameras did not work, were misted up, facing the wrong way and software used to close lanes went down several times in six weeks. Substantial behaviour is still required on car travel and travel choices and technology is still needed to help, according to a new report published by Transport Scotland. Its report from the low-carbon consultancy Element Energy looks at decarbonising the transport sector and it provides an independent assessment of what policy outcomes are required in order for the transport sector to make the transition to net zero. Also this week, a new Cyclops junction separating pedestrians and cyclists from traffic has been completed in Manchester as part of the next phase of a £13.4 million walking and cycling route. Also, now is the time to rethink the mobility of our goods to ensure an increased demand does not come at the expenditure of public health and the environment, according to a new report by the Centre for London. On top of that, I'll add in Stagecoach's call for a tax incentive to encourage more people to use public transport. Half of drivers thinking that they'd be better than a driverless vehicle in driving a car, while Americans who've got experience of the technology warming to the driverless dream. In Wales, they have a number of roads with a limit of 50 miles an hour to improve air quality, and they're now going to use average speed cameras to enforce them while the technology could be used in another county with North Yorkshire's police fire and crime commissioner considering them rather than the current fleet of mobile spot speed units now we're the only place you need to go for everything you need to know sign up for all the latest news to your inbox with our midday briefing 
go to highways-news.com slash subscribe. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Adrian's accolade on its way, but first I'd like to welcome an old friend of podcasts I've been making for years, making his first appearance here on Highways Voices. It's Richard Neumann of Swaco. Now, Richard often used to comment about how we only ever get to see each other in convention centres. And now we realise after two years of being away just how much we miss them and how great it'll be to be back. Well, Paul, I really am excited because you have to imagine my last plane trip was on the 3rd of March 2020 when I went to Hamburg for the information session they organised there. So we are very much looking forward to an in-person event like the ITS World Congress again now. And uh, we will make it uh, a safe event, as safe as possible, of course. And um, I look very much forward to, to this beautiful city of Hamburg and to this kind of event. It is going to be very exciting to meet up together. Swarco always has the most interesting things on your stand and new things. Every time I come to your stand, it's something new. It's not just the same old things over and over again. What can we look forward to seeing in Hamburg this time? Well, in, in Hamburg, you can find us in Hall B5 on stand 120. It's a 124 square meter stand where we go our latest software solution, Swaco My City. You have heard about that and also written about that already. The release 1.1 is out and uh, we will show Global Tenant, which explains our software suite, My City, much more in detail and easier to understand for both our own people and, of course, the city managers who are interested in this kind of software. We premiere a new pitch sign generation, which we call Cubilate. This suggests already that we have variable message signs, which can be composed of individual about 30 by 30 centimeters in size. And so you are getting much more flexible in for small scale applications of variable message signs. Uh, if you just have to combine to get to the size of the VMS you want. The other hand, uh, we will show our latest Combia signals with integrated features like our safe light, uh, which is the, the warning, the red light warning for the smartphone zombies who are distracted. ADEC solution integrated, which is uh, the measurement of environmental parameters in the light. Also the Istrian detection, which can be automated so that's uh, new features. And of course, we will display our latest traffic controller technology with also smart features. And this technology is able to uh, comply with standards and traffic management systems that are in place. Oh, fascinating stuff, because when you talk about the way that Swarco has changed through the years, you've still got all the roadside kit that you're known for, but the My City application is a software application that kind of brings together not only all your kit into one piece of software, but other equipment from other manufacturers as well into something that allows cities to very much more simply manage their transport networks. The advantage of, uh, of my city is, of course, that it's a modular software suite where you have different modules about the monitoring of traffic, about traffic management system itself, about air quality uh, measurements, about the parking guidance, about 
the sign management for such signs and also facilitates for the city managers to decide for such a product. Also, they cannot afford the full suite, but maybe they start with one or two modules or three, and then we can work, expand the system by and by. Over here in the UK, we're looking forward to hosting the COP26 Congress in November in Glasgow. So all the talk at the moment here is about environmental solutions and especially in our sector, how transport can be more environmentally friendly. Is Swaco doing anything on that? We will also present our X-Line uh, solution. Swaco X-Line is the environmentally friendly intersection where you have more intelligence is in the intersection distributed to the traffic light itself and the entire wiring process and cabling process of a an intersection gets much more easy and uh, there are just communication cables and the power cable and that's it in the end so that's a very uh, good redesign intersections in the future. Richard Neumann of our sponsors Swaco, and you'll hear more from them and fellow sponsors Gevi during the Congress. Remember, I'll be making slightly different podcasts in Hamburg when we'll have shorter programmes of around 10 or 15 minutes every day with snippets of interviews, and then you'll be able to hear the longer interviews of that particular thing that interests you on demand as well. So you'll kind of get the best of both worlds as we pick up a load of great content during the week. Highways Voice. The podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. Before we get to hear from Adrian and his accolade this week, and also some fascinating initiatives from Deutsche Bahn, let's hear from Lisa Bock Anderson from Ertico, who's the new Congress Director for the event. What a challenging Congress to start the new role. I think challenging is probably the understatement of the day, to be honest. It's more like organizing a Congress under circumstances that change every day and where for months you hope that you will have a crystal ball at some point to find out what will reality look like when we come to October. And unfortunately, there has not been any crystal ball. It has been challenging. We, we kept hoping that the COVID situation would become clearer, which did not happen. And then at some point, Quite late in the process, we had to work on a so-called prevention plan, a COVID prevention plan requested by the authorities in Hamburg. We applied for what we call a 2G and a 3G prevention plan. 2G meaning that you can have people participate who are either vaccinated or recovered or 3G, which also allow people who have just been tested and a couple of weeks ago, only we got approval for the 2G plan, and we have now been busy adjusting and preparing for that. But indeed, Paul, quite a challenging exercise. Well, credit to Ertico for calling quite a long time ago the plan to actually host the Congress, rather than possibly the easy way out would have been to just make it online again this year. But no, we're having it. We're all travelling. Yes, we've got some some issues and got to make sure all the paperwork's in order and we've got the right stuff at the right time in the right places, but we are meeting up. So I want to actually park the COVID bit because I think we're all fed up with it and actually start really looking forward <laughs> to the actual event itself. Tell me some of the highlights. Paul, as you know, there are several levels to this Congress it is quite a comprehensive week 
First of all, there is what we call the high-level program of the Congress, which includes the plenaries, the executive sessions, the opening, the closing. And there we have a, a fantastic lineup of speakers. We also have a couple of new elements like two global forums where we, of course, look at, at worldwide issues that have a global impact. We have one on mass or mobility on demand, as, as it is called in, in the US. And we have another global forum on logistics and ports. And we also have a fabulous startup program, just to name a couple of highlights, with over 40 startups that will be with us. This is the high-level program. And then we have the technical program. And the technical program has drawn over 900 submissions this year, which is a record, I believe, even in non-COVID years. And that has translated into around 180 technical sessions that spans across the themes of the Congress. And then on top of that, we, of course, have the exhibition we have over 400 exhibitors that have lined up this year with 135 stands. So really a very, very nice number of companies and organizations that are supporting us. And then on top of that, we have demonstrations. We have around 30 demonstrations, both open road demos. We have demos in the home port. We also have, I think it's around 4,000 square meters of demos inside. And then last but, but not least, perhaps the technical visits. I believe we have 19 technical visits, which is, of course, very important for many of the participants to the Congress. The other thing you haven't mentioned yet that I think is the most exciting bit is the fact that rather than us talking now on Zoom, we would actually have a conversation face to face and we're going to have the social events are back again. The 2G status means that, yeah, unless we're outside, we're going to have to put a mask on, which won't help, but we have to put up with. But actually, the social events will mean that we can get to see our friends from the industry that we haven't seen now, possibly for two years since Singapore 2019. And just getting everybody in the same place is going to spark so many conversations and, and probably spark some real innovations of pent up ideas that we've had for the last two years. Yes, indeed, Paul. It is really fantastic news. I mean, first of all, the fact that we can be networking, that we can be discussing and interacting like we did in the past is, of course, brilliant after we have been locked up for so long. And Social events, they will take place. We will have the famous ITS dinner, although it will be divided into five or six different restaurants because there is still a certain limit as to how many people can be together. But within each restaurant, there will certainly be room for interaction and fun. As in previous years, we also have the so-called Elbe dinner for VIPs uh, happening on the Tuesday. And of course, we have a version of the welcome reception on the Monday. Again, this will be split up on several major stands. But as you say, there's definitely the possibility to interact and to network. And I think this is what we all need. And as Congress Director, what are you most looking forward to other than potentially 
the end of it when you can go, yes, we've done it. <laughs> well, I certainly look forward to that. <laughs> but on top, I think, you know, greeting our sponsors and see our exhibitors in action will be fantastic. And the first thing I will do is to thank both groups for their support in this difficult, difficult and unusual time. And then I really just look forward to experiencing future mobility now, which is the Congress theme, whether future means digitalization, greening, connectivity, automation. This is what we're all looking forward to, seeing how the themes of the Congress materialize themselves, you know, in the discussions, in the demos, really throughout the entire program. That's Lisa Bock-Anderson there, and an example of someone who gets things done despite adversity. This is Highways Voices. Don't forget to subscribe to Highways Voices to keep up to date with the latest edition. We're on your favourite podcast platform. Before we talk German trains and mobility, here's Adrian Tatum with the hat-tipping part of the podcast. It is Adrian's Accolade. Adrian, who wins this week? This week, Accolade goes to an unsung hero credited with inventing the modern road surface. It's been celebrated with the unveiling of a commemorative blue plaque in Nottingham. Edgar Hooley, a Nottinghamshire County surveyor, perfected the method of making road surfaces stick in the early 20th century with Radcliffe Road subsequently becoming the first tarmac road in the world. A historical winner this week of a road that cricket fans will know because it's a road past Trent Bridge Cricket Ground in Nottingham. Adrian's Accolade. Winner this week. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Finally, let's talk German trains and Deutsche Bahn make their debut at the Congress this year to talk mobility. Dr. Maike Niedbal is head of Smart Cities and she talked to me about why rail is about to come into its own. I think the, the 21st century will be the century of railroad. Why? Because electrified rail transport is a key solution for sustainability and to fight climate change. This is why we digitize our train system um, in order to increase capacity and to make it more reliable. But if we only focused on the rail services, we would make, I think, a big mistake. People need uh, first and last mile solutions. This is true for mobility and for logistics. And we know from customer research that a missing mobility solution on the destination is one of the main reasons not to use the train, but to use the car. And that's why we we need more flexible, payable, and also nationwide last mile services. This is, for example, what Yoki is doing in Hamburg with DRT services, demand responsive transports, and what is Stadtrat doing with bike sharing. So public transport really needs these complementary mobility solutions to become more attractive for many more people. So are you partnering with those last mile solutions or are you delivering the last mile solutions yourselves? Developing own solutions. For example, when you stop at a train station and uh, you decide you need a last mile trip, for example, we have designated places where you can find sharing services, either bike sharing or all the um, e-mobility solutions. This is something where we are partnering because these uh, offerings 
we try to to give them a central point at the train station but around it it's not possible to to give them back for example so in order to have train stations that are not completely blocked with all these sharing services on the other hand we also think it's good to develop our own mobility solutions as i mentioned ioki or for example our own bike sharing service uh, stadtrat so um, it always uh, depends on the solution that we have that we need in in one way we cooperate with um, some offerings and so in other cases we we do and develop our own solution. And you mentioned the railway stations themselves. Tell me about those. What's your vision there? One key mobility turnaround is to convince more people to use public transport. And that's where we need attractive train stations, of course. There must be a place in the end where you are welcomed as a guest, where you feel good. And because many train stations come from an era where the focus was mainly on functionality. So we need to improve the quality of stay. This means we started designing walkways, uh, waiting areas. Uh, we added greenery. We improved the lighting, etc. It's It's a long way to go. And it's still not enough because we not only have to make it more comfortable, public transport, we also need to make it somehow superior to car use by developing services that simplify everyday's life. We develop the Hamburg box. We all order online. It's a huge uh, volume of packages that are mailed really every year, over 3.5 billion packages. But when all these items are delivered, we are normally not at home, except maybe for lockdown times. So we developed a service where commuters can really easily pick up their packages from retailers and e-commerce 24-7 from a locker at more than 20 train stations in Hamburg. So in the end, customers save time and additional ways. And companies, the Career Express parcel companies, they reduce carbon emissions. And of course, they also save last mile delivery costs. That touches on something else I was going to ask you about, actually, which is freight. Because, of course, your work covers both passenger and freight transport. How do they differ? Yeah, I wouldn't maybe not look at how they differ because I think in the end we we need to create a, a single intelligent network between mobility, logistics and transport infrastructure. This is our USP at Deutsche Bahn because we all operate this mobility, logistics and infrastructure. In the end, we need to look at the cities and we need to look at what value can mobility, logistics and infrastructure all together bring and add to, to a city to become a more, a more livable, a greener and more innovative place. In the end, as I said, I would not look at the differences uh, because with, we need integrated networks because we do not have any time left to fight and, and to adapt to climate change. Explain to me the DB Smart City partnership with the city of Hamburg that we're going to experience at the Congress? So last year, we renewed our Smart City partnership with the city of Hamburg. 
for a further five years. The common goal is to contribute to a sustainable mobility and logistics um, to strengthen Hamburg as a livable and environmentally friendly place. And our promise from, from Deutsche Bahn was that everything that is important for a smart city is firstly launched in, in Hamburg. This applies to our digitized S-Bahn, to our DRT service, Ioki, and also to our smart locker solution. And these services will also be part of the Anchor Tour. So you can, as a visitor, really see and experience them um, during the whole week of the Congress. That's Maike Niedbal from Deutsche Bahn giving her views there. And we'll hear more from them when I'm in Hamburg. That's it for this podcast. Thanks for your time to listen. And I promise we'll have some really interesting transport expertise to bring you from Hamburg in two weeks time. For now, thanks to Swarco and Gevi for their sponsorship and support. Adrian, as always, and you for listening. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 